Tarleton State catcher Cody Vinoy sits down one-on-one -on -one and goes behind the scenes with your favorite student-athletes here at Tarleton State. Hear the unique story of each Tarleton Texan, where they started, where they are now, and where they're going. Welcome, Texans, to the sixth and final episode of Season 1 of Journey of the Texans. Thank you for joining us today. We have a great guest, been an anticipated guest that we've had for a long time, and his name is Kyler Dick. He hails from Utah. He's on the rodeo team here at Tarleton. He was a 2018 junior NFR steer wrestling champion and the 2020 Southwest Regional Champion for steer wrestling. Thank you for being here today, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I enjoy being on here. Yeah, man, it's been exciting. Um, I've had a lot of people literally been saying the whole time doing athletes throughout this podcast I'm like you got to get someone on the rodeo team you got to get someone from the rodeo <laughs> team and finally i was able to contact some of your friends and i was able to get your phone number and able to uh, contact you and it's been awesome and i'm glad that you'll be able to be the sixth and final episode for this first season yeah i appreciate the opportunity yeah no problem man so let's kind of jump right into it and talk about like i said mentioned earlier you're from utah and uh we were talking before and i said i've been utah one time <laughs> as this past year when we went and played Utah Valley, and we flew into Salt Lake City, and people that aren't from Utah, a lot of times they just think, um, the only thing, really two things I know about Utah is the lines, their uh, state lines are like perfectly straight, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. And then also Salt Lake City. Mm -hmm. So growing up in Utah, what was growing up in Utah like for you? Uh, growing up in Utah is really awesome, honestly. You're very protected because obviously there's a lot of Mormons that live in Utah. And so growing up there, you know, like you never – no one really went out and partied a lot or anything like that. There's lots of snow, so the recreational, there's a lot of stuff to do recreationally. Uh, you go down south, you go to Lake Powell, Moab, you go down there and go rock climbing up where I'm at. I'm up, I'm only 30 minutes from the Wyoming border, okay. so there's a lot of skiing. I'm right by Park City. So, uh, gotcha. so that's northern snowboarding. Utah. Mm -hmm. Northern Utah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I'm from up north. I'm only an hour about from Salt Lake International Airport. Okay, okay. So I live right in Oakley. Yeah, it's uh, it has one of the biggest PRCA rodeos actually over the Fourth of July oh, in wow. Oakley City. So, yeah, it's a great place to live. It was awesome, very protected, but uh, lots of snow, yeah. uh, lots of shoveling snow. You know, we uh, there'd be so much snow in the mornings you'd have to use a team of horses to feed all really? the other cows and stuff that we had because the truck would just get stuck. So we had skis and and uh, it was a sleigh, so you just feed off of that. Really? Wow. Yeah, that's a whole world that me, born and raised in Texas, in Austin, <laughs> not used to that. So, oh, yeah. Um, but you had, you know, you talk about your horses and stuff. So you lived on property mm -hmm. out there in Utah. Yep. My family has a ranch out there, so we run over 100 head of horses out okay. there, and we, uh, we're we basically like the Hertz rental car for horses. We do trail rides at the resorts in the summertime, and then in the wintertime, we do sleigh rides, and we take guests out. Really? So, yeah. Wow. Hertz rental right that's awesome that's <laughs> funny i've never heard that before so growing up always being around you know horses and stuff like that and what really got you and brought you to as you were growing up you know do you have any siblings yeah i have a twin brother and then i have two older sisters oh okay wow so you're one of the, so you're the youngest yeah so you know did what really kind of brought you to rodeo was that just always being around them were your older siblings in it what was what kind of was it your calling what kind of brought you to rodeo so uh, my dad he rodeoed all through high school college and in the pro ranks 
And then once uh, all us kids came around, he, you know, he wanted us to kind of do that too. And so I watched my sisters growing up rodeoing and I watched all these other people around me, my dad's uncles, stuff like that, you know, always rodeoing and stuff. And so it was always something that I wanted to do. I was brought up in it. I mean, the first time I got on a horse, I was six months old. My wow. mom has a picture of me sitting on a horse, you know, so I can't actually remember riding my first horse just because I always was riding horses, really? always doing stuff like that. And so it was kind of just brought up in it. It's like a family tradition. Rodeo is very traditional like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the grand rodeo the dad rodeo then the son rodeos type of thing and that's kind of where i'm at i've always ch- wanted to chase my dreams go to college to rodeo and then professional rodeo after college so wow yeah no that's i think that was the same for me for like baseball though which is if you're talking in sports traditional you know that's kind of more when they talk about you know baseball football basketball all that kind of stuff in mm-hmm. north america but then there's this whole other side of it where you have these young men literally you're a man when you're like 10 years old because of the stuff you're going through when you're doing rodeo and stuff and so kind of talk about that you know the learning and learning how to be tough learning like you're gonna fall you're gonna hurt you're gonna hurt some things as you're going up when you're still scrawny 14 Mm -hmm. 15 year old kid getting into that high school age oh yeah well i remember honestly the first time my dad stopped saddling my horse for me he's like man you're tall enough down that you can do it and i think i was eight wow i couldn't i couldn't reach the horse so what i would have to do was get a a yellow feed tub and i would set it next to my horse and then i would step up on the feed tub put the blanket on have to get down go grab my saddle get on there and then slowly throw it over and then luckily hopefully the horse stands still you know go to the other side set the bucket up pull the stirrups out set the cinch down go to the other side like it was a process to get my horse saddled but it was just one of those growing up curves and then after that i could saddle my horse and we'd go me and my siblings we would just take horses and go on a ride in the mountains for about four hours we'd be gone most of the day take the saddles off swim the horses in the lake and then saddle them back up and head back to the house you know we'd be gone all day you grow up very fast on a ranch because you know there's no sleeping in in a ranch you have to get up 6 a.m every morning you got to feed the cows you got to feed the horses do all the chores and stuff like that so you kind of grow up really fast when you're on a ranch and you have to mature and just kind of be tough because you're going to get kicked by horses you're going to get run over by steers i mean you there's no wimps in the rodeo world yeah no for sure i was watching you uh watched fearless on netflix Mm -hmm. and that was really the first time and those are kind of more bull riders and i'm talking about Mm -hmm. and mainly they highlight that was 2015 years so i think that's when jb mooney won his Mm -hmm. second title um but it was talking about a lot of the guys from um, South America that mm-hmm. are coming from it, you know, Brazil, oh, yeah. stuff like that. And they come in and they are on a mission because that's the most money they'll ever make in their life. And so mm-hmm. they're on a mission to, you know, win a lot. But, you know, that kind of highlight, and that was really the first time I was like, wow. And then even highlighting their kids, you know, like you talked about, you know, they, it's a family, it's like a family tradition thing, oh, yeah. you know, like what Hank Williams said, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just family tradition. So did you play any other sports when you were in high school or was it always just rodeo or what was that like? Or did you grow up in a bigger town? So there was, or what was that like in Utah? I grew up actually in a pretty small town. So up north we do A. So I was a 2A school. Okay. Uh, I had 100 kids in my grade. I mean, we weren't huge, but we weren't necessarily tiny either. Yeah. Um, just kind of really close knit. You knew everybody there. But I, um, so I was tried out for the football team my freshman year. And the coach told me, he's like, man, I know how rodeo guys are. So if you can't commit to the team fully, then I'm not going to be able to put you on the team. And I told him, I was like, man, I'm going to be rodeoing a lot. He goes, well, you need to pick. And so I picked rodeo, of course, wow, okay. just because I grew up in it. But uh, I wrestled full time. 
um, not, I wouldn't say full-time, seasonal full-time yeah. was during school when the wrestling season was going. I was going. So uh, I wrestled all through junior high and then all through high school, and that kind of just helped me to build strength and stamina and for the mindset for rodeo because it's a lot mental that way. So Yeah, so that's so interesting. So you talking about that, you know, makes, makes me really curious about when you choose football. Mm-hmm. And I guess I really thought didn't think about that because in rodeo, it's kind of like almost an all-year thing, really. Oh, it is. There's rodeos all throughout the nation throughout the entire year, just about. Yeah, and so how does that work when you're younger? Because also, it's not just you you're training for. You know, you also have a horse or there's something else that involved that's another living, breathing thing that mm-hmm. you have to take care of year-round. It's not like me where I have a baseball glove where it's like, oh, I can put him in the shed if I wanted to take mm-hmm. two months off. Like, you can't do that with the horse <laughs> you know you got to keep them in pristine condition so what is that kind of like yearly and explain to the audience a little bit about like what a certain season would look like mm-hmm. so like a certain season so like i like we like to keep our horses in shape the majority of the season just because it's so hard to bring them back from being out of shape just yeah. like with an athlete coming back from an injury or something like that so in the winter time in utah with like we get a lot of snow up there where i'm at so yeah. i mean a typical day would look like in high school i'd go to school come back uh, get my wrestling gear. We'd go to practice right after class, and uh, we'd practice till about six o'clock at night. I mean, it was two. two was this your high? Did they have a high school rodeo team? They did. Yep. Oh wow. Well, they're okay. not high school. They're not necessarily teams. They're clubs. Oh, that makes that, sense. Uh, okay. Or go, but it's rodeo is such a singular thing. It's not really a team. Yeah. But uh, so I'd come back from wrestling practice about 6.30 at night after just being exhausted, you know, beat down from sweating and stuff like that. And I, my dad would have my horses caught and I would have to pack all my gear through the snow, saddle my horses, unblanket them, brush them off. And we'd haul over to an indoor barn at Oakley and we'd practice there until about nine o'clock at night in the cold. It's out. I mean, 10 degrees in the wintertime, you're trying to stay, you know, not tight because you don't want to blow tendons or anything like that. Yeah. So you're stretching, running around, uh, drinking coffee, trying to stay warm, you know. And then after that, we'd come home in the wintertime. It'd be about uh, 9, 30, 10 o'clock by that time. We'd feed horses and go to sleep and wake up the next day and do it again. And then on the weekends, we'd go to rodeos. Wow. How cold would it be at once, 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night and you're getting back? The coldest I've ever been up there, it was negative 20. That's wow. the, the coldest it's ever been. And, uh, I mean, that's not a regular thing, but, uh, it, it's always what's, cold. what's normal. What's normal at 10 30 at night. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be 10 degrees. Wow. Yeah. It's cold. I've been under, under 10 once and it was back this past year when we had mm-hmm. all that freeze over stuff happen. Oh, that school. was easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, for Texans though, we're not used to that. Right. Oh, like yeah. that's why no one's easy to get on the roads, you know, but you know, if you have a four wheel truck though, you shouldn't, you should be able to make it, you know, but, oh, yeah. but that's funny though, that, you know, it's two completely different worlds, right? Oh yeah. And so, so you talk about, you know, what high school looked like and everything, but what you went to Odessa college out of high school, mm-hmm. how did that happen? Like how does recruiting, I guess say work? Because in my mind, coming from a naive perspective, I would kind of assume it's kind of like soccer in a way, meaning soccer there you can be a pro when you're 18 years old mm-hmm. right and same thing with rodeo i'm sure if you're 18 years old you're and you're good enough they'll put you in mm-hmm. right but then there's some like that's not for everybody sometimes guys get better as they're older right when they get stronger maybe they you know mm-hmm. they got to have more experience so explain like how does that 
necessarily work in that dynamic of getting recruited and all that kind of stuff. So getting recruited like for colleges and stuff like that is pretty, uh, a lot of people don't realize that colleges actually have rodeo teams so that their rodeo is a thing in college, you know, it's just not on front page news all the time. Yeah. So if you uh, actually at the National High School Rodeo Association, there's the national finals, uh, all these college coaches will come and they have a college day there and they can kind of meet the students and stuff like that. But they they ask around, I mean, it's a smaller community i mean it's everybody kind of knows the good kids that are going and stuff like that so you'll get approached by coaches all the time or messaged and stuff like that and so then you sign off to a college well i had never been to texas at all and uh odessa called offered me you know offer i couldn't resist um i just signed the white line i never even visited i just uh showed up to odessa you know opening week it was dark my parents dropped me off they said all right have fun you know and just left they didn't even walk me through like they just left me kind of on the side of the road with my truck and trailer and horses and i walked in the class and the sun came up and i was like this is texas (laughs) you know this is everywhere in texas looks like this in my mind you know oil (laughs) pumps dust people going 90 miles an hour down the center street i got to odessa and i was like oh this is miserable how could anyone live in texas and uh no i got through it i lived through the year in odessa i actually had some really good memories there it was a it was definitely a learning curve because you come from the big mountains and 7,000 feet above sea level mm-hmm. where I'm at, you know, steep mountains, trees everywhere to Odessa, you know, dusty and mm-hmm. flat and stuff. And there's some beautiful parts in West Texas. I love West Texas, actually. But uh, it was definitely a change for me. And so that's kind of how I transitioned over. I just signed the dotted line. And then after a year, I got offered to come over to Tarleton and uh, transferred over here. And when you transfer from a two-year to a four-year early, so you didn't finish your two-year first, like I I did you have to sit out three college rodeos so i had to actually sit out the first three performances of that season wow wait so when you say three college rodeos is like is that like one weekend or is that one college rodeo is like per month so you're out for like three months how does that work so uh it's just the way that they set up the college rodeo season so uh, we have five rodeos in the spring and five in the fall so i had to sit out the first three in the fall wow okay yeah and which just kind of limits you because there's only 10 rodeos in the season so to make the national finals you know you need to kind of be at all 10 yeah and because that goes off of points right Mm -hmm. like how many where you finish on them yep wow and you do which event in the rodeo? I steer wrestle. Steer wrestle. Cool. So when you steer wrestle, most people, and there's a stigmatism in rodeo, like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. if you're a male and you're in rodeo and they're saying, well, why aren't you in bull wrestling? You know, that's kind of the headline of it. You know, even when you go to the NFR, like they're always talking about the daggum logo of, you know, the Professional Bull Riding Association has a guy riding mm-hmm. a bull, right? And so... You know, why did you not go down that path? Why did you go down the path you do? And talk a little bit about that. It's actually kind of funny because my dad, he rode bulls all through college, all through high school, all through professional ranks. That's the event that he did. And he, uh, when I got of age, you know, he's like, you can try it, but I really don't want you to do it because he's like, I'm sore all the time. (laughs) He goes, you know, bull riders, they get whipped down, they get horned, they get ran over all the time by those big clumsy beasts. And uh, he was like, I just want you to try something else. And uh, so I got into timed events at a really young age, was pretty consistent at winning there, I would say. And uh, so I kind of stayed right there. I did, you know, every guy when they get to be a senior, you know, they're teenager, they're just, their hormones are flowing. They want to try something dangerous. So I got on uh, six bareback horses. I was going to try rough stock is what okay. we call, you know, the bull riding, the yeah. saddle bronc riding, and then the, yeah. uh, 
bareback riding. So I tried the bareback riding. I got on six bareback horses, and that was five too many because <laughs> I should have been done after the first one. I popped wow. a tendon in my hand, flipped over, and got ran over, and I was dumb enough to get on five more of those things. Wow. And so I was like, you know what? Rough stock's not for me. I'm going to stick to the timed events. Yeah. Well, but don't cut yourself too short because you're still a tough guy. I mean, right now, like, what injury are you right now? Like, explain, explain to people what's going on right now. Oh. People can't see it, but you're kind of – holding on to something right now or it's barely there yeah. so explain what happened over weekend. the first college rodeo of the weekend last weekend in portalis i uh steer jumped back into me twisted my hips and my arm caught on the top and it popped my shoulder out of socket and then it popped it back in and uh so yeah i'm pretty taped up right now and got some ibuprofen I'm gonna go ice it after this and get ready to leave for a rodeo on wednesday <laughs> yeah that's just a cr- crazy world because you you called literally right before you're like hey i gotta do this real quick and he got on a phone call and he was literally calling like the local doctor and was like i need to get my shoulder checked out but you're you don't care like you're gonna go check it out but then you're like all right well i don't care what you say i'm still going this oh weekend. yeah they told me they're like well, you need to take like eight weeks off and i was like nah it's just a shoulder popped out like it's fine i mean i've bulldogged with cracked ribs before like you just it's one of them things where you're gonna they don't call it cowboy tough for no reason they go rub yeah. some dirt on it and get back on yeah so would you say that's more of a i mean obviously it's a mindset thing because even mm-hmm. in that show fearless on netflix they talk about how you know they highlight one wrestler and i don't remember his name and he was a former champion but you could tell that he was falling out of love with it because he started to realize the danger of it, mm-hmm. you know, and he was thinking about his family. And the only reason why he was doing it, not wasn't because he liked it anymore. It was because he was doing it for his family. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment that every wrestler says it's time to get out because mm-hmm. that's when, you know, like when you make that mental switch, it's like an on off switch when mm-hmm. you realize, wow, this is so dangerous. Mm-hmm. you like, you know, it's dangerous, but it's, it's like that internal internal will And so how do you, do you think that's more just of like, that's built in you already, like your DNA, because you're, you know, literally your dad and your grandfather was wrestling and doing that stuff before, or is it just something you learn over time? Because like you said, you were on a horse while you were six months old. So Mm -hmm. like, how does that, what would you say it would be more like? Uh, I mean, rodeo is so addicting, you know, the, uh. Well, it's funny. There's like an inside joke people talk about. You're like, gosh, it's expensive. And they go, well, it's cheaper than drugs, you know, but just barely. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, that's kind of the inside joke because we're always, you know, we just, it gets in your blood and you love it. And that adrenaline, that feeling, you know, of riding a horse going about 35 miles an hour and jumping off the side to tackle a 700 pound farm animal with horns to throw him on the ground. There's just no other feeling you can explain it i mean it's just pure raw adrenaline pumping through your body and it's just so addicting that's why they compare it to a drug because it's just so addicting you just get into it and so it's hard for a lot of people when they get to the backside of their career to step away from it you know i know people like hunter cure one of my really good friends he's a two-time world champion but he's had some bad wrecks and uh he's had some cushions and he knows that he needs to step away from it but it's so hard for him to do it because he's been in it for so long. You know, guys start out like I did, you know, junior high, middle school, high school, riding horses and rodeoing, and they get to be in the backside of 40 and they're still doing it. And so it's just, there's something they've done their entire lives. And so to step away from that feeling is very hard for a lot of people to do, even though they know it's what they need to do. It's very hard. Yeah, no, I, I mean, and it's so hard to compare, you know, our different sports because obviously you would call, rodeo sport right mm, everyone yeah yeah honestly the only reason why i say that because like sometimes i would think it's like an insult to call rodeo sport like isn't yeah, the proper they call it like an extreme sport yeah exactly right so that's why that's why i was like it's more of an offensive to even call it mm. just a, 
another sport. It should be, there should be another adjective in front of it. But, you know, you talk about end of career and in my sport with baseball, it's, you know, I'm getting close to my college career ending. And at some point, do you start thinking, all right, what am I going to do after? You know, because it doesn't matter what sport you play. You'll eventually stop playing it, mm-hmm. right? You know, everyone gets old at some point. And yeah. so do you transition? And now I got to go tr- transition my baseball bat to a golf club mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or and then start in the business and working field stuff. Or, you know, do I continue to pursue it and go play minor league ball or do I go to indie ball and I'm traveling all across the world and making, you know, hundred bucks a week, you know, you don't make that money and I don't make that money even now. And so you're kind of like, well, that's hard. But for you though, you know, for wrestling, you can make, if you're winning, you make a decent amount of money, even though it's an expensive sport with the trailers and the horses and Mm -hmm. all the other stuff. But like, even when you were, I think you said in that junior NFR, uh, steer wrestling champion, you Mm -hmm. won a purse, right? Yes. How much was that? Uh, I think the complete total purse, I won the average and I placed in all the rounds. The completed total purse was just under 14,000. Just under 14,000. And you were how old then? I was 19. 19. So first year in college. Mm -hmm. So I was at Odessa. Yeah, it was at Odessa, I believe. I went twice. So I I went the one year at Odessa in 18 and then I went the next year, I believe in 19. And, uh, so yeah, I, I did it both years, my first two years in college. Wow. Okay. So explain that a little bit to the audience and even to me because NCAA just passed the NIL Act, which, you know, name, image, and likeness. So I'm now allowed to profit off of my own name. You know, if I wanted to, if I had 10,000 followers, I'd probably create a, you know, a clothing brand, something like that. So people could start, so I could make money off of my name, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that just happened July 1st of this year. Wow. And athletes before that weren't able to, at the Division One level, because of NCAA, were not allowed to make money off of their names. Mm-hmm. And so, but for you, even Rodeo, y'all have always been able to do that. Yeah. You know, and so explain a little bit about that. Like, you know, I don't think people realize the cost mm-hmm. of it, but also like, you know, $18,000 or 13, just under 13 might sound like a lot when you're 19 years old, but you're like, I'm not really taking that in. That goes into feeding the horse or whatever. Oh, so yeah. what would you do? And like, what's like a lot of money for a rodeo person to win? So, uh, like rodeo, like you said, you know, it takes a lot to do a lot type of thing. So mm-hmm. with rodeo, the, w- the way best way I can compare it is for the NFR, the national finals rodeo in Las Vegas, those pro guys, you know, they qualify and they look at the standings and people go, Oh, well this guy is like $56,000 one, you know, or hundred thousand dollars one. So the best way I can compare it to is so for rough stock, you know, bull riding, bareback riding, and saddle bronc riding, it takes them about thirty to forty thousand dollars they spend just to make the NFR. And then wow. for timed event guys, it takes them about sixty thousand to make it to the NFR. When you say spending, is that like an entry fee or is that throughout the throughout season? Throughout the season for trailers, tires, you know, fuel, entry fees, gotcha. all that. That's adding up to be that sixty thousand dollars that it takes to qualify. Okay. And so a lot of people don't make money in the pro ranks on a large scale unless they make the NFR or they win a, like a WCRA event or something like that. That just has crazy amounts of money added. So with a, with college and stuff like that, you can win good money. Like, But the college rodeos, they don't pay very good because it's limited amount of entry fees and there's no added money. Yeah. So the way that you win money is off added money. So where you go to a rodeo and they, the town or the county or whatever adds the money for the rodeo. And so, like, I'd compare it to my rodeo back home. Oakley, Utah has 10,000 added. So they split that up evenly throughout the events, and that's the money that you can possibly win should you win the event. And they pay down, like, 10 spots, depending on how many people enter the rodeo. Gotcha. Oh, okay. So, but that 10,000 split between all of the events. Mm -hmm. So if you're taking 10th place in steer wrestling, you could walk away with 100 bucks. 85 bucks, yeah. Yeah, 85 bucks. Wow, okay. 
and then you're going to spend how much, like how much is the entry fee for your uh, rodeo back home? That's 130. 130. Yeah. So you're yeah. not even, so if you can break even like the way that we always say, like everyone wants to be first, you know, all the time, mm -hmm. but if you can place consistently, you'll make the NFR. Really? If you can place at every single rodeo, you'll make the NFR. And placing is top 10 or how does that? No, I would say placing in my opinion is top five, but you can win a check. And so if you pull if you're just pulling checks consistently, you're doing good because a lot of guys don't pull consistent checks. Wow. Okay. Because there's so many variables that go into it. Um, if you're not consistent or you're not on top of your game, you're not going to do well. Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. I, I, I've never, you know, when it comes to money like that, you know, when I got recruited or when I'm in my high school years, you know, my parents they spend all the money. You know, it's like, I never see that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when they taking me to tournaments, the gas money, all that stuff, you know, my parents always joke, like I'm on a small scholarship mm -hmm. here and that pays for majority of the school. But the amount that I'm saving here, is it really the amount of money that my parents have spent the past, yeah. you know, 13 years of my life when it comes to food, hotels, all that stuff, oh, yeah. entry fees. And so at the end of the day for them, I'm glad they did because they let me follow my my dream of being able to go play college baseball and pursue the potential to play professional baseball. But that's, that's a whole different world, obviously. And mm -hmm. so when it comes to rodeo, it's just a different world. I mean, do you think that's, do you think it's completely different or do you think it's more similar than I'm making it's, out to I'm be? definitely like, there's definitely some similarities. I'm not saying that it's just on such a larger scale for us. You know, you buy a, for us, say a steer wrestling horse, a solid college steer wrestling horse is going to cost you twenty thousand. That's twenty thousand dollars, and then you have to just feed, for just for the horse. Okay, and then you buy a trailer to go down the road. That's another you know fifty, sixty thousand. You buy a truck to pull the trailer. There's another sixty thousand. You feed the horse forty pounds of hay every single day. You know that costs about oh, a couple hundred bucks a week. Wow. You know, I mean, with the feed and the supplements you're giving them to be, they're professional athletes just like us. You want to treat them like it, you know, you get your saddles, everything. I'm driving like last weekend, we drove five and a half hours to Portales, yeah. a couple hundred bucks in fuel right there, another 80 bucks for entry fees. You know? So yeah. it might be like a great scholarship to go to college, yeah. but we're still spending a lot of money. Full ride doesn't really mean full yeah. ride in yeah. some aspects of sports, you know, yeah. even though it's a great opportunity to be here and we love to do it, you're still spending money. So you need to be smart in the way that you play the game and the way that you spend your money. Oh, wow. so you are on scholarship though. Mm -hmm. So how does that scholarship work? Cause that's not through NCAA, obviously. Mm -hmm. So how does that scholarship get awarded to, I guess, your coach who gives it out? Or yeah, how the coach work? gives it out. So the Tarleton has several different scholarships that they give the coach money to give to his students to recruit them. And so, so he just picks the students that he feels have the best opportunity or that work the hardest or win, you know, more consistently to give those scholarships to. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And is there like an amount of limit or is it just like, all right, Tarleton's giving the Tarleton rodeo coach, uh, Forty thousand dollars this year to pay for kids, and mm -hmm. he can allocate as he wants. Or yeah. is there like a percentage amount that you it's get? he gets a set percentage of how much he can spend, and it's a pretty large. I mean, Tarleton's the biggest rodeo yeah, team in the United States, yeah. So we have a lot more than most people would yeah. in, I would say, for money wise. So he has to be very smart in the way that he delegates that money out. But he definitely has a lot more to delegate out than some people do. We're very blessed that way. Okay. Well, so you hinted about Tarleton being one of the ro or the biggest rodeo team. You know, how many people do we have on our rodeo team? I believe this year we have 150 people on Holy our rodeo team. Holy cow! I had no clue it was that yeah, high. It's massive. Wow. Explain what was the difference? How many did you have at Odessa? 
<laughs> um, I believe at Odessa we had 30. Wow. Yeah. So when you say largest rodeo team, are you talking purely just like the facilities we have, everything else like that? Are you talking about money? Are you talking about just pure roster size? So the way that we base it off of is how many kids are on the team. And uh-huh. uh, so that's that's why I would say we're the biggest. We're the biggest by far. Gotcha. And we're in the biggest region in college rodeo in the United States. Okay. So, I mean, it makes sense that Texas would have one of the biggest regions that's the biggest state. For sure, know, obviously. Down here that actually rodeos. But uh yeah, we have a very, very large team, but we've also got a ni- the, one of the, the best facility, I should say, not one of. It's the best facility in the United States for oh, no, college it's beautiful. Radio. It's, yeah, I remember seeing it. It's outstanding. Awesome. You know, we have workout rooms. We have two arenas. We have, you know, everything that you could possibly ever want for a rodeo facility. So it would make sense that we would have a bigger team. Um, majority of those kids do work hard at it, but a lot of them are just on the team because they, you know, they're the occasional rider and they want to enter a college rodeo and wear a purple vest. Gotcha. It's very prestigious to rodeo at Tarleton, so they want to be a part of the Tarleton rodeo team. Gotcha. Okay. I guess I could, because we're so prestigious here on the rodeo team, I kind of compared that to like a guy who goes and walks on at University of Texas football team. He's yeah. from the area. You know, he goes on the team. He's on the practice squad for four years. And he gets to say, you know, I was at Texas for four years. Yeah. Never suits up, never plays, but he got to wear the orange jersey, you know, mm-hmm. got to experience, got the all the cool gear, got to be a part of the experience. It was never, like, really contributed to, like, yeah. the point total or being on the field. Um, okay, so what about, you know, when it comes to the rodeo team and us being one of the bigger ones, what are some of the other schools that are like, wow, that's, like, you want to go to those schools, mm-hmm. well, you know, when you come out to it? It's a... Uh, the way that we look at it mostly is uh, like another big school. Uh, you look at it for events because a lot of schools are really known for their specific events. Oh, okay. Tarleton's known for being one of the most diverse teams because we have so many good kids in all of our events. That's like on our logo, one of Tarleton's slogans is nine strong because we want to be strong in all of our events. But uh, like you look at... Uh, North, Northwestern Oklahoma, Alva, Oklahoma, they are known for being the steer wrestling school in the nation. Stockton Graves is their coach. He's been in the NFR multiple times. They've always had good steer wrestlers come out of there. Whereas you look at, like, I think Cochise down in Arizona, they are known for having good goat tires because Lynn Smith's their coach down there, I believe. And so all the good goat tires will go there. Whereas, like, Tarleton, um, we're known for being very diverse. Snyder's in our region, they're known for having really good rough stock guys. They always have solid bareback riders, saddle run riders, bull riders. And uh, so it just kind of depends. You know, uh, Sol Ross has a really good team down there this year. That's another big university. That's the rodeo we're going to next weekend. Their rough sock team is very strong there. So uh, we're just going to kind of stay diversified and be, try and be strong in all of our events because it's we like to stay strong as a team together. So that's kind of what Tarleton likes to do. You know, we like to stay strong in all of them. Yeah, for sure. So when you talk about coaches, do you have I'm, – I'm assuming you have a coach for each individual event are doing or no no we have three four coaches now i believe we have mark eakin as our head coach and then Brittany stewart she's the women's coach and then we have uh, isaac diaz as our another rough start coach and then we have um one or one more coach i do believe yeah wow so four for that many mm-hmm. it's they do an amazing job <laughs> they have to yeah they do wow. an amazing job that's crazy yeah we have five coaches for 40 big guys on the baseball yeah. team or 45 so to triple that number mm-hmm. and to have one less coach to me is mind-boggling especially because you have male and female too. Mm-hmm. it's not just you know one gender for the sport so so i think one of the last things you know i wanted to talk about is i found was interesting and hinted at it a little bit was talking about you know guys 
you know, you can go throughout a season, a guy can be doing really well. And I think it was, I don't remember who it was, I think it was a year ago or a few years ago, a guy was riding here, I think he was a bull rider, and he won a ton of money and ended up going pro in the middle of being here mm-hmm. at Tarleton. And that's... I think I've, you're talking about Brody Cress. Maybe. He's a saddle yeah. rider. He's made the NFR several times while rodeoing for Tarleton. Yeah. And so how does that work? Like, if you're a college student, but then you can, um, is it kind of in the way maybe like the Olympics or you could be a college swimmer, but then you could still win, you know, an Olympic trial and go to the mm-hmm. Olympics, even though you're still in college and then go right back to college? Mm-hmm. Is that how it kind of works? It's exactly like that, honestly. So, uh, yeah, rodeo. So I pro rodeo as well. Um yeah, so you can pro you can buy your card when you turn 19 and uh, or your permit is what you buy and then you fill it with like a thousand bucks 1500 one of those numbers I can't remember which and then you can buy your pro card and you can go full-time pro rodeoing as much as you want or as little as you want and so a lot of guys I mean there's hundreds of us in college that do that you know we rodeo pro but we're also in college because like you said before after pro rodeo you know I'd have something to fall back on to so a lot of us like to get degrees so that we can go into something once we're done with rodeo but no like I'm actually leaving on Wednesday after class my capstone cast I'm flying out to Salt Lake City, going to hit the last circuit rodeo, pro circuit rodeo of the year in Mona, Utah. And I'm going to catch another flight to Odessa, get in a truck with some friends and haul over to Alpine, Texas for the college rodeo Friday and Saturday. And then I'm going to get in a truck and drive all the way back to Stephenville for Stephenville's pro rodeo. Stephenville's the last pro rodeo of the year officially. So, Wow. But then how does that work for, you know, because you have your horse. Mm-hmm. And so he can't go everywhere with you no. so steer wrestlers we're known for being uh jumping jockeys we okay we uh we bail on other horses so i have some friends up north they're gonna have a horse waiting for me when i get there i can hop on that horse up really? there and then i mount out some other guys on my horse at a different rodeo and uh yeah we all just jump on other horses and like i said i've i've gone most of this interview without saying this and i didn't want to say this when you said six months i don't think i've ever been on a horse <laughs> not because i've not want to i'd love to i oh, just yeah. have never really had the opportunity like i said i'm from north austin so there's not many options there i just never and anytime i did it was i was playing baseball anywhere so i never went and like purposely did it but i, I feel like there's got to be an emotional connection between you and the horse and so or is that just not as much there they, i mean there's definitely an emotional connection we i mean i love them they're awesome but at the end of the day they're a tool yeah, I mean, they are. They have their purpose, and they're trained to be a professional athlete. So we like to treat them like that. When you back into the box, you know, they you have to know that they're gonna do their job so that you can do your job. And so, I mean, there's everyone knows horses out there that are good. And so I'll call up on my phone and call, you know, some friends. You know, I'll call some of the pro guys if I'm gonna go to a rodeo or fly in or something like that. Where I was like, hey man, I need a horse. Can I get on? You know, I called Tanner Bruner. Like, can I get on Miss Kitty? Can I? I called Jacob Talley. Can I get on Baby? You know, there's those professional horses that are really good that a lot of guys know are good and they know that those guys will help them out and mount them out so you can just call them up and hop on them you're not as familiar with them because they're not your animal you know Mm -hmm. but if you watch enough film on an athlete you can kind of know how they work and so that's kind of the way that we use it i've seen film on the cowboy channel i've seen rodeos i've been in person and seen those animals work and so so you do film study on a horse oh yeah and cattle I mean, there's when I go to a rodeo, I can look it up, see the steer's number on his ear tag, and I'll go look at the sheet, see where he was from, go on the Cowboy Channel, look up that rodeo, and watch my steer run. So it's like doing film on a fighter, just about. Like, really? you're going to watch how that animal moves, and then I'll call that guy up. It's like, hey, man, how'd this steer run? Did he duck his head? How'd he leave? All that stuff. I mean, there's a lot of research that goes in that, just so you're not going into it blind. 
Wow. I would have never like guessed that you do research on even cattle too with mm-hmm. horses with that. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting to me. Huh. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. Wow. So you're heading where this weekend? Um, for the college rodeo, it's in Alpine, Texas. Um, Thursday morning, I'll be up in Mona, Utah. And then uh, Sunday, I will be up in Stephenville, Texas at the Pro Rodeo here. So. Cool, man. Well, good luck this weekend with it. By the time this podcast, it'll already have, you've already, we would know the results by then. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully you're able to do it with the shoulder and everything. How, how does that work, though? Do you just not feel it or do you just choose to ignore the pain? Like, how does that well, work? Well, I, I mean, as an athlete, you probably know adrenaline's an amazing drug. Well, that's true, too. So the moment you nod your head, you don't feel any pain. So, I mean, just take some ibuprofen, grit your teeth, and go to work. At the end really? of the day, you just got to get through it. I mean, they said they, they wanted me to wait, you know, eight weeks to do that, and I have three weekends of college rodeos and pro rodeos coming up inconsistently yeah. before the college rodeo season goes into remission until the spring. And so I was like, I can't do that. So I'm going to go ice it and take some ibuprofen and get stretched out and go to work. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. Well, when we leave, I'll make sure I'll shake your hand with the left hand, not the right hand when I first met you today. Oh, there you go. And I'll shake it with the right. I got to toughen it up. <laughs> All right, man. Well, appreciate it, man. This has been an absolute pleasure. I've learned so much on this, and hopefully our audience members have too. Um, and actually, we have a class after this, the same class that we yeah. have, Mondays and Wednesdays. But yeah, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for doing this. The conclusion of our first season episode six um thank you for your listeners for listening this season we will have and we haven't announced yet but we will have season two coming very soon very similar format with journey of the texans a little bit different of who who we're going to interview not going to announce that quite yet of who we will be but we got some exciting stuff so if you're listening stay tuned season two is coming soon so this is cody vanoy signing out and kyler dick signing out from season one episode six thank you for joining today Radio Network podcast with production from me, Taylor Welch, and me, Brianna Blanks. Find more great shows by searching Tarleton Radio Network wherever you get your podcasts.